Hello, and welcome to Wicked Wednesdays, your weekly podcast on sex and sexuality, with an emphasis on BDSM kink and poly relationships. I'm your host, Wicked Fellow, and this week I'm going to talk about the three states of submission, or the three levels of submission as I see them. I'm coming to you from our studio this week, back in Detroit. We had a great vacation, and we're back, and all the dust has settled, and now it's time to get back to work. I know that some of you guys missed the podcast, and it really does mean a lot to me when you reach out. I had a lot of great fan mail, especially after the last episode on the qualities it takes to be a good submissive. And a lot of those were really heartfelt and really informative to me on your thoughts on that episode. I am going to address some of those questions and comments next week when I have Katja on the podcast again, because I want to get her thoughts on this. Our schedules just did not align this week, otherwise we would have done that this week. So, this week I want to get into kind of an advanced level of submissive discussion. We've talked about the basic qualities that someone needs to be a good submissive, to be a successful submissive. This is something that can take your level of submission up to the next notch. Some of you, this will be very natural to you. And perhaps some of you have never really thought of your submission in these terms. As always, this is coming from my singular point of view, and I am not the world authority on all this. But these are things that I've talked with submissives about, talked with other dominants about, and just my understanding of how the kink dynamic works, the dom-sub dynamic works. These are three levels of submission that I think you might find intriguing at least. So our first level of submission we'll call fear. We can call it avoidance or the deterrent side of submission. Now, I'm not necessarily talking about fear in a bad sense, as in, I'm afraid this person will hurt me in ways I don't want to be hurt if I don't submit. That would describe a coerced or a non-consensual style submission, and I'm not talking about that. But I think at a basic level, some people submit because they are afraid of a negative outcome. Whether that negative outcome is being punished or having privileges taken away, making their dom angry, making their dom disappointed in them. So they work hard to submit and do the things that their dom wants them to do because of fear. You know, not necessarily a bad fear, but trying to avoid the deterrent side of domination. And in that kind of submission... I think that it is limited into how far it can go. There's only so much you can do in a consensual BDSM relationship. There's only so far you can go with that and still make it interesting and fun in a dynamic, exciting relationship. Now, there's nothing wrong with having some fear-based submission throughout your entire career as a sub. You know, that's kind of the fun of... I've told you to do this thing as a dominant, and if you don't do this thing, there's going to be a consequence. That can be thrilling. That can be exciting. That can give a lot of spark and a way of breaking out of the daily norm, right? If the laundry isn't done the way I want it done, exactly when I want it done, there's going to be 10 strokes with the paddle. That can be an incentive. That can be a fun way of playing. There's nothing wrong with that. But it is limiting in that, A, there's only so much punishment that one can deal and deliver and still keep the game fun and still keep the game exciting. There's a certain point at which a sub is going to feel pressed down and 
fearful and anxious and agitated rather than excited and fulfilled. So while that can be a tool in the dominance toolbox, only relying on fear-based submission will be very limiting. And it's very limiting for the sub as well. If you've only explored your submission insofar as I will submit, but only because I'm afraid of something bad happening if I don't submit, that's going to pigeonhole you into a certain level of submission. And I don't think you'll be able to fully grow and blossom in that submission if you only act on fear. Now, in a brat and brat tamer situation, that punishment, that give and take, that I'm going to be bad so that you pay attention and punish me and I enjoy that interplay, that can be a big part of that relationship and it can be very fulfilling. And it's going to come down to the individuals involved. If you are living in fear of getting punished, if it's making you genuinely anxious and unhappy, then that's not a very healthy and good relationship for you. That level of fear in your play, fear can be very exciting. Fear can be very stimulating and erotic. And fear can very easily spill over into anxiety and depression and not wanting to play and avoiding the play space because it has bad connotations for you and bad feelings for you. So it is up to the Dom to carefully measure out how much of the play is based on fear, how much of the play is based on deterrence or force. You know, the fear side is very much akin to the I'm submitting because I'm being forced to submit. Now, again, there are definitely subs that that is the game for them. That is the thrill. They don't want to submit unless they feel like they have no choice. And then once they feel like they've been compelled to submit, then it is fulfilling for them. As I go through these, if it feels like I'm attacking the way you play, I'm not. I promise you I'm not. I know that there are so many different styles of play in BDSM that exactly what I'm describing may be your bliss. That may be the most fun thing in the world for you. And if it is, and you know that about yourself, be confident in that. Own it and have fun with it. Don't worry that I'm saying it can be a negative because it can be a negative. There are definitely dom-sub relationships where the sub does live in fear and is being compelled in ways that are not fun for them. So that's more what I'm speaking to in that if the only tool, if the only reason for submission is fear or force, I feel like that's limiting. If it works for you, great. If it's not working for you, that's why I want you to explore these other aspects of submission. So the next level of submission would be reward-seeking submission. I'm going to submit to you because I get something nice out of it. Now that nice can be I get presents, or I get to do the things I want to do, or the reason I'm submitting is that that means I get a nice paddling and that makes me really happy. The thing that the sub gets can be anything. It really doesn't matter what the reward is. The key is that the reason that they're submitting is because of that fulfillment, that reward they get. It's kind of akin to doing your homework as a kid and getting a gold star or doing your homework and getting $5 in allowance. That can motivate you to do your homework, but you're doing your homework to receive a reward of some kind. And again, 
for some people, that is fine for them. It's very fulfilling. They enjoy that interplay of, I do these nice things for my dom, and my dom does these nice things for me, and that's why I submit. That's the reason that I place myself under their control. You know, I like being treated to a nice dinner, and the way that I earn that nice dinner is I do these tasks each week, and then if my dom is happy with them, I get my reward at the end of the week, and that motivates me. That makes me happy. This is the carrot and stick approach. So if you combine the reward-based submission with the fear or force-based submission, that's your very typical carrot and stick. If you do these things well, you get this reward. If you don't do these things, there's going to be a punishment. And between these two extremes of BDSM play, that can form a complete relationship. And that can be a healthy and fulfilling relationship. On one hand, you have the carrots. one hand, you have the sticks. And the relationship is in between. There's nothing wrong with a force or fear-based submission. There's nothing wrong with a incentive-based, you know, carrot approach to submission. Be a good girl and we'll go out tonight. That kind of thing. Again, the dom has to control that because much like the fear-based side, it can go too far towards the I'm only doing this for the reward side. And that can be unfulfilling for both the dom and the submissive. If you're feeling like you have to bribe your submissive to do things in a way that you don't want to or in a way that makes you feel ill-used as a dom, that's going to be unhealthy. That's going to lead to resentment. That's going to lead to, you know, why don't you just do these things because I told you to do them? That feeling. So, as I said before, if you only have reward that can be limiting. If you only have fear, that can be limiting. And if you only have fear and reward, that's still going to confine you to a certain level of play, to a certain style of play and a certain level of your dom-sub relationship. So I think we can go one step further than either a fear-based or a reward-based system. So now we come to the third level, and this is the level that I want my subs to achieve. This is where I'm trying to get to when I begin a dominant submissive relationship with someone. And that is service for the sake of service. The act itself is deeply fulfilling and rewarding to my submissives. That's what I want. I don't want them to do the good thing because they'll get a reward. I don't want them to do the good thing because they're afraid of punishment. I want them to do the good thing because that in and of itself makes them feel fulfilled. And I can see that in them. I can see that the reason they have submitted, the reason that they have placed themselves under my care is the very act of submitting to me makes them feel good, makes them feel fulfilled. And I don't have to bribe them with treats to make them be good. I don't have to threaten them with punishment to make them be good. Now, in Katya and Mai's relationship, we use all three. You know, I'm always going for level three. I'm always going for, I want you to do these things because that's what makes you fulfilled. That's the goal that I'm going for. But I use rewards and I use punishments all the time. It's all part of my tool bag. But to me, the real bliss, the real high level of DS play is when a subservient is serving their dom and the reward for that service 
is the satisfaction of serving, is the satisfaction of submitting. And the only fear involved is the fear of being disappointing or falling down in their duties. So I don't have to impose a penalty. I don't have to say, if you don't do these tasks, there's going to be a paddling. Just the idea of failing in that task is its own deterrent. And the idea of succeeding in that task is its own reward. And that is a very balanced and beautiful way of DS play. It doesn't mean that there can't be the reward. It doesn't mean that there can't be the punishment. You know, Katja, for one, enjoys that very strong discipline that I can give her. She also enjoys it when I do nice things for her because she's been good. It's all part of a circle. But I believe without that third part of the circle, it's just a ping pong back and forth between reward and deterrent, reward and deterrent. And to me, that's unfulfilling. It's unsatisfactory for a DS relationship. I don't think a DS relationship really starts to flower and blossom until both parties in that DS relationship gain a huge amount of satisfaction just from the relationship itself, just from the fact that I'm in charge and this person has chosen me to be in charge and I gain a huge amount of fulfillment for that. And they have chosen to submit themselves to me and they gain a huge amount of fulfillment from that. And a few episodes ago, when someone asked me what my Dom bliss was, you know, this is what I was talking about. When one of my subs does an act of service for me, and it's clear that they are enjoying doing it. They don't have to worry about punishment and they're not seeking a reward. They're serving because serving makes them feel good. And I've created an opportunity for them to serve. And I've given them a place where they know that service is appreciated all by itself. From the smallest act of service to a very difficult, hard task that they may be struggling with. They still have that initiative to do it because it makes them feel good. And they don't feel like their time is being wasted. They don't feel like their service is unappreciated. And they're not living in fear that if they make a mistake, the world's going to come crashing down and everything's going to be ruined. And there's a balance there. In future episodes, I'm going to talk about, you know, 10 tips for being an effective Dom. And some of those things are going to be how to achieve that balance, how to rein in a sub by giving them good, clear boundaries that say these actions will lead to punishment. These actions will lead to reward. But what I want is you to do this because it's fulfilling in and of itself. That's going to be part of that topic. But yeah, that's my three levels of submission. Submitting from fear or force, submitting out of reward seeking, and then submitting because the actual act of submission is fulfilling and that is its own reward. And failing in that is its own deterrent. I'll be very interested to hear what you guys have to think about this. Where do you find your greatest bliss in serving? Where do you find your greatest fulfillment in being a sub? Send that in to me. I'd be very interested to read that. And I hope that we can deepen the discussion on why we do this. You know, is it just for the thrill? Do we do this because we can't not do it? We just have to have this in our lives. I certainly understand that. Whatever reason that you're in this lifestyle or whatever reason you are interested in this lifestyle, send that in and let me know what it is about submission specifically that is either fulfilling to you 
Or do you submit because you're afraid of something? Or do you submit because you're seeking reward? Or is it a dozen other reasons that I haven't even touched on here? Send that stuff in. To reach out to me, go to www.wickedfellow.com. You can find all of our information there, contact links, the show notes. The podcast is hosted there. All of our adult sites are there as well. Also, our YouTube page is there. If you're a podcast listener, I do encourage you to check out the YouTube channel sometime. When I record these podcasts, obviously I'm focusing on the audio and I make sure that it's something that you do not need to see a video to enjoy. But I know that a lot of my viewers and a lot of my listeners have written in and said that they get a bit more out of the videos because they can see me and they can see how I'm expressing myself. So give it a try. If you're a podcast listener, if you're a YouTuber, there is a podcast version. And, you know, sometimes you're not at a place where it's convenient to sit and watch a video and you can take us on the go with you. A couple weeks ago, when I talked about the qualities that make a good dominant, one of my listeners wrote in to say that they felt like the most important quality in a good dominant is clarity of communication. And I can absolutely understand that and agree with that. I think that for the dom to be able to clearly communicate what it is they want their sub to do, that can be a huge boon to the sub. But it is very relationship dependent and it's very individual in how that applies. For some people, they need very clear instruction. Anything less than very clear instruction will simply leave them anxious and not knowing what to do and full of indecision and anxiety. And you don't want that. That's probably not your desired outcome. So for some people, for some submissives, having that crystal clear instruction, having written out instructions that can't possibly be mistaken, that can give them a lot of surety and that can give them a lot of comfort in knowing that they're doing the right thing the way that their dom wants it to be done. When I'm communicating with my subs, believe it or not, I'm actually a bit on the other side of that. In that, once I get to a certain level with them, I want them to be able to do things without a lot of communication, without a lot of hard instruction and a rule sheet and things being spelled out for them line by line by line. And that's because for me, I value a certain level of independence in my subs. Whereas if I tell them, I want you to unload the dishwasher, I know I can then walk away from that task and the task will be done the way that I like it, the way that I've instructed it to be done in the past, the way that I've demonstrated it being done in the past, for example. And I know that when I come back, it will be done and it'll be done the way I like it. Now, obviously I could give them a sheet and I could say, Unload the bottom rack first and stack the like plates with the like plates and put all the silverware in its appropriate slot, etc. There's nothing wrong with that. However, for me, once I've moved past that point, once I've shown my submissive how I want things done, I like to be able to point at the dishwasher and give them a look and expect them to know instantly, oh, my sir wants the dishwasher unloaded. I know how to do that and I know that he wants it done now. So I think it's about, I think you have to lay the groundwork for that. So I agree 100% with my listener who said that clarity of instruction is crucial for them. I, I get that. I think that for me, again, I'm always striving to raise things to the next level. I'm always striving to get to the point where my sub just knows what needs to be done based on the slightest head nod or the time of day, 
those little tiny hints and signals that I'm giving them without me having to say directly, go do this thing. Now, as always, I vary my level of instruction. I vary my level of expectation based on where my subs are at in their individual journey. So what I may expect Kasha to know, I may not expect my sub Penny to know. And as they both grow and they both go along in their journey, I feel like they just build on skill, on skill, on skill. So yeah, I, I really appreciated that comment. It's a very good comment in that, as always, communication can solve so many problems in a DS relationship. And if there's tension and anxiety between the dom and the sub about tasks not being done correctly or not being done well, obviously the dom needs to stop and look at themselves and understand about themselves. Am I making this clear to my sub? Have I made it clear to them in the past? Do they need a refresher on this? Is this something that we need to go back and retrain? Because I've told them how to do this several times and they're still not doing it correctly. At a certain point, that responsibility goes back to the Dom. For me, in the end, it's all the responsibility of the Dom, no matter what. Even if the sub has made a terrible mistake, it's the Dom's responsibility. And that's something that you need to welcome as a Dom and not place all the problems on the sub and be like, oh, the sub is acting badly. The sub isn't doing what I want them to do. The sub is being bad. Maybe. You know, subs can absolutely be bad. Subs can absolutely act in ways that are unhelpful and sometimes antagonistic and either bad on purpose or by accident. But if you want to be in charge, if you want to be the dom, if you want to be the one that makes the rules, that means that you're also the one that's ultimately responsible. So if your sub's not doing something correctly, you're the one that has to change. You're the one that has to figure out how to communicate to them or show them how you want it done correctly. That comes down to your responsibility. And clarity of communication very well may be that problem. So look at that first. Were you clear with your sub? And like I said, I have a goal that I'm reaching for. I like my subs to be very independent and my ability to point at an object and have them know what I want. That's my goal. A lot of the times I'm not there with them. And I do need to say, I want you to take these three dishes and take them to the kitchen, put them in the dishwasher. If I didn't tell them to do that, and I come back and the dishes are still there, there's only so much responsibility on the sub, right? I can say they should have known. I can say that in the past I've told them, but I didn't tell them to do it. So it's ultimately my responsibility. So yeah, that was a very good comment. That was very interesting. And I'm glad that I got the opportunity to expound on that point a little bit on what communication can look like between a dom and a sub. It can be very subtle. It can be very crystal clear and direct. But the key is, is it effective? Are you getting across to your sub what you need to get across to them? Is your sub understanding you? Or is your sub left with huge amounts of anxiety and concern because you're not communicating to them what they need to know. Always reach out with your comments, your questions, your concerns, your compliments. I love all of that stuff. Next week, look forward to Katja and her comments on what makes a good sub. And we're also going to talk a bit more about the three levels of submission with her. That's a conversation that she and I have had many times. And 
I think you'll be pretty interested in her thoughts on that subject. As always, consent is king. Take very good care of each other. And I'll see you next week.